Who is he? It's Lawson's crazy brother. Where are the others? I don't know. What's he gonna do to us? He's going to kill us. By stopping for gas along the highway. I never even saw him coming. He's crazy. We're all going to die. We're all going to die. podcast i'm dylan i'm sierra hey i'm steve and today we're going to be covering dolls my least favorite fucking thing in the world uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah the whole plan for this month was to do everybody's phobias but that fell apart pretty quick and somehow mine was the phobia that stayed so <laughs> uh erica we were going to do an aliens episode and we ended up dropping that and well we had signs sierra i don't even know what she's afraid of at this point <laughs> And Steven is octopuses, and I don't really think there's too much octopus horror, so... Uh, Tentacles, which was, like, came... Brought, it wrote off, like, the, the hype of Jaws, so it came out in 97... Uh, 97, wow, 77? And actually, that that's the film that kept me out of the water. So, uh, the movies we're going to be covering are Tourist Trap from 1979, Dolls from 1987, and Dead Silence from 2007, I think? Yep. My freshman year of high school dark year in my, my history. <laughs> Dear diary. <laughs> Dear diary. But, so enjoy the episode. Every year, hundreds of young people travel the country and disappear. God help those who get caught in the tourist trap. Tourist Trap, where beautiful young people looking for excitement are tricked, terrorized, trapped. Stopping suspense that makes this the nightmare that never ends. Something crazy is going on at the tourist trap. 
So we're going to start out by talking about Tourist Trap. It was released in 1979. It was directed by David Schmoller and written by David Schmoller and J.L. No, J. Larry Carroll. Well, I guess Say you're that right five times the fast. J.L. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Charles Band Production, uh, he yeah. was one of the producers who would later go on to create Full Moon Features, which would later um, start putting out the Puppet Master series, uh, the Dollman series, Demonic Toys. They're like... They had a serious following, like, in the 90s, because they did, like, straight-to-video yeah. kind of movies. But this was, like, the early development of that. I brought it up in the, uh, since we're on the topic of dolls and recovering dolls, I brought up last week, because um, you, I remember you had let me borrow the box set of Puppet Master. Yeah. And the fucking scene where the one doll is throwing up leeches on the dude, it's still, oh, yeah, to this me. day, <laughs> to this day, creeps me out so bad. <laughs> My dad uh, yeah. has Puppet Master action figures. He does. I used to, I got kicked out of my Catholic school when I was younger because I had a Tunneler figure that I brought with me. I think that's... Well, no, I didn't get kicked out. My dad out. has, like, a few of them. Is Tunneler the one with the drill on his head? Yep. Yeah, Sierra's dad, dad has that has one. The one has, that has, like, six arms, too, or something. Six yeah, shooter. Six, six shooter, yeah, yeah, yeah. He has that one, too. The replicas are going on sale today. Mm. I might pick up a Jester, depending how much it is. We'll see. Um, so, Tourist Trap, it follows... I'm going to take a, a page out of Larry's book and read something off of... Do it. IMDb. Larry, Thank you, Larry. Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> I'm bad with coming up with these off the spot, so... Um, so, this one's written by Dan Coker on IMDb, and it says... Teenagers come across a shut-in psychopath with telekinetic powers. He proceeds to use these powers to slay them one by one, as well as animate the various mannequins he uses to keep himself company. I feel like that kind of spoils it. That was actually it kind of, good. It, it kind of spoils it, though. Yeah, because like, uh, I feel like they don't make it super obvious in the beginning that he's like telekinetic. So like, well, no, like, they, oh, I think it does yeah, it's it, telekinetic, but it also doesn't say in the beginning that Slauson is... Oh, the Slauson. Yeah. Which, uh... The fucking dude who played him, Chuck Connors. Chuck Connors, did a fucking killer job. I'll say that. Yeah, man, he's a real class act. Like my grandfather was, you know, serious into western shows, so yeah, you know, he would always watch The Rifleman with Chuck Connors. But to see him like do a horror film, and his motivation was he wanted to be like that era of like a Boris Karloff like villain. And he just fucking knocked it out of the park. I like his kind robotic of, voice. It's kind of funny because uh. He he did westerns, and then he had this, like, small string in, like, the late 70s, early 80s where he did these, like, low-budget horror movies for a brief, brief time, and then it seems like he went on to, like, action movies after that. He's like, I'm gonna conquer everything but rom-coms. Yeah. I mean, he might have done a rom-com somewhere in there, but, um... I do want to start off by saying, yeah, he did a great job, and he did a good job of portraying... He essentially portrays... This is him? Yes. You know his bone structure is very Boris Karloffy. And you, I, I could look at that picture of him and be like, yeah, that dude is in westerns. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, I, he essentially plays two roles in this movie. I mean, he plays Slauson, and then he plays the killer plaster face, yeah, yeah. quote unquote Slauson's brother. And yeah, he does a good job of playing that like sympathetic, like you friendly know, I miss neighbor my, guy. I miss my wife. I'm gonna help you guys out, and then. Just straight up fucking psycho. Hey, this is all I'm saying. The second I walk in your house and you got fucking mannequins fucking hoarded up in Wazoo, I know there's something ain't right. Okay, now. so beginning of this movie, the fucking laugh that the dolls do, the mannequins. Yeah! <laughs> dude, 
I, I right away I was like, wait a second. Yep, it's Ripperoo from Crash Bandicoot 2 Warp. No, not Warped. Crash Bandicoot 2 Cortex Strikes Back. It's the also, same fucking the same fucking noise. Also, when the one um, mannequin that pops out of the closet, which is the creepiest one in the film for me, mm-hmm. um, that they, I feel like they used that laugh for uh, Elf when he's like checking the Jack in the Boxes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. It is the same exact laugh. I swear. Hang on, I'm I'm pulling up. Uh, I feel the like I've heard that laugh in a lot of places. Yeah, I'm wondering if that's where it started from, or if like. Yeah. Right. It might be that's like, what um, I thought. like a Hang sample on. sound. Here's a uh, here's Crash Bandicoot. Hang on. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> yep. Oh, that's fucking awesome. But I, right when I heard that, I was like, yes. But now that you say it, yeah, I, I think I do remember it from Elf too. I was trying to remember yeah. where I had heard it from, but I. I feel like hearing it on Crash Bandicoot, it kind of took away from it. I, I think if I had heard it when this movie came out or before playing Crash Bandicoot, it probably would have been somewhat creepy. Yeah. But um, this movie did actually, it surprised me. I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I was going to because, like, looking into the premise of it, like, a guy who controls mannequins with telekinetic powers. Yeah, like, it yeah, sounds yeah, like yeah, it would yeah. be a really cheesy fucking sound, thing. The plot sounds a little off, but they did, I think that they did it really well so that it didn't come off as, like, um, cheesy, cheesy horror. Like, there's parts that are sincerely creepy watching it. Yeah. And yeah. I hate all those bitches tripping, though. Like, I'm so over it. Like, <laughs> stop tripping in the fucking woods. <laughs> Jesus Christ. The, uh, the thing that I thought was funny, Stephen, you had brought it up to me before we had watched the movie, but, um, the House of Wax remake that came out in, like, 2005, I think. Um, yeah. It, it's, I feel like it's more of a remake of this than it is... The original House of Wax, like the yeah, original House so of Wax, so many similar plot points. The original House of Wax, there was really no similar plot between the original. Is the, and the original remake. House of Wax actually called House of Wax? Yes. Yeah. Because there's, there's another one. There's another one too. Mystery of the Wax Mystery Museum. Mystery of the Ma- Wax Museum. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I, that's what I thought it was. Mystery of the Wax Museum came out in the 30s, yeah, and I believe the House older. of Wax from the 50s was a remake of that. So there's like 80 House of Wax re- House of Wax. Remakes. Yes. Why aren't wax museums so cool anymore? Like, I know. I saw some in uh, in Salem, and I was just like, "This is fucking." The ones awesome. in Salem are sweet. I've been in those ones. I've been in every wax museum and haunted house in Salem, Massachusetts. That was open in like <coughs> two thousand and four or five. But, uh, nice. Yeah, this movie. I feel like the uh, House of Wax remake was really a remake of this. I don't know why they didn't just make a tourist trap remake. Because it's essentially what it was. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, with the whole... It's probably the name. They probably, like, like House of... Taurus Trap is, very, like, I feel like that's a very misleading title for this movie. Because, like, when you think of a tourist, you think of somebody going somewhere more... Mm, I mean, it may have been... Like, tropical, I feel. It may have been, too, the fact that this movie wasn't as big as House of Wax was. Yeah. This was a very low-budget movie. Yeah. And it's something mm-hmm. that, you know, I... I've seen it out there for a while, but I've never really given it a chance, mo- mostly because of the plot summary for it. Yeah. But it's not really something that a lot of people I've talked to have seen. Haven't you ever heard Don't Judge a, a Movie by its Synopsis? 
<laughs> I've never heard that. I'm going to have to go yeah, by that next I year. Think I, I found out about this movie um, thanks to the Angry Video Game Nerd. Uh, it was a episode, or the season of Monster Madness, but the season was like cult films, and this was one of them. And, you know, he would tri- play some clips from the movie, uh, and, and I was just kind of hooked. And I was like, all right, I got to pick this up. So, like, I think in 2014 I picked it up, mm-hmm. and I, I love this movie. I mean, yeah. I'm not giving away my – I kind of am giving away my rating, but I do fucking enjoy this movie a lot. He looked like Leatherface in the one mask. Yeah, I love his I, mask and his I look. saw that, and I was like, hey, Dylan, look, it's Leatherface. He's like, that does look like Leatherface. And she was like, that's my end. This is my end to talk about Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> like, Yo, how about that bucket hat, though? Yeah. yeah. When he put it on, I was like – when he put it on, I, I had just seen, like, kind of a glimpse of it before he walked into the basement, and I was like, yo, is he dressed like Abraham Lincoln right now? But it was more of an Elvis look. I love when he got downstairs and he's like, I'm here for the party. Yeah. There's one one line that he says that I fucking love the way he delivers it. Actually, this this scene is my favorite scene, the basement one, and then Mm -hmm. when he's putting, like, the plaster over the girl's face, he's like, your world is dark, you will never see again. It's, like, so fucking maniacal. Just the way he keeps telling her, like, you're gonna die of fear before you die of suffocation. Yeah, that basement scene scene was definitely my favorite, I think the creepiest part about that scene wasn't even the way that he was going about killing her, like, I think it was, like, literally the fact that he was narrating everything that was happening as it was happening, like, he was putting the plaster on the face. And he was like, oh, the pla- you're going to start feeling the plaster dry and it's going to feel like it's burning your skin. And then we're going to put it over your mouth and you'll start to panic. Well, it's, it's interesting because it almost helps you as the audience imagine the feeling. What, what she's like you can, to, yeah. you can almost feel it the way he's like going into this description of how it feels and it kind mm-hmm. of puts you there in a way. Um, but what really creeps me out about that whole thing too is you can tell, like, he's enjoying it. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. It, and it really adds to, like, the creep factor of him as a killer is the fact that he has no remorse, he has no, like, sense of, you know, mercy, nothing. Like, he, he's just, no, I'm fucking enjoying this, and I'm gonna kill you, and... I don't know if it's do necessarily, it. that, necessarily that he likes to kill people, I just think he really likes to make mannequins. He, uh, the one girl, too, the the main girl in the movie who played Molly, I'm going to put this out there now, I thought that she was a, a really bad actress. Like I, Yeah, it's funny, because she's, like, her and, like, Chuck Connors were, like, the big names, and the, the best thing was is, like, Chuck Connors is a self-taught actor, where mm-hmm. she went to actually, like, acting school and shit. I almost wonder, because looking at her uh, IMDP page, the... This is really the only horror movie that she's credited in. I wonder if it's more of a she was outside her comfort. I don't think that she was necessarily bad. I think actually, like, um, maybe, like, verbally she wasn't awesome, but her facial expressions and, like, reactions well, yeah, that's to what things it is, were but awesome. It, like, but... when she would, like, scream things and, like, the line delivery that she had, it kind of took me out a little I, bit. It could, it could be very well what you said, where she's not... She's just outside her comfort zone, yeah. as far as acting goes. Um the one girl who he had tied up, the one that he had done the face thing to, mm-hmm. she mm-hmm. she really creeped me out, too. And when she's, like, laying there and she's like, we're all going to die here. Like, we're all going <laughs> to die. I'm like, oh, fuck. This is crazy. Oh, fuck. I'm stuck in the basement with you. But, um, no, I, I, I did enjoy this movie. I like that it, you know, it get, gets right to the point. What year is it? 
Yeah. The 70s ring true to this day. The 70s are the best. <laughs> but uh, it gets right It gets right to it. It's like the first scene. It doesn't hide the dolls. It doesn't hide Their any of the special. Yeah, the, the well, mannequins. he was playing with baby dolls, though. Yeah. <laughs> like, it doesn't hide it. They come right out. You see the special effects right away. You get a kill right off the bat. It's They didn't have to hide it. And... I, I thought that that was really cool, but it kind of took me out of it that they revealed that Slauson was the killer, like, halfway through the movie. Mm-hmm. Because then at that point, it's just him chasing these people, and it kind of, no it, it started making, I feel like that was the climax of the movie, but. So it happened too soon. It, yeah, it happened too soon, and it made the second half of the movie start to it draw a little bit It should have revealed where, it to Molly right before she killed him. Yeah, it. It didn't take me out too much. Like, I still enjoyed everything that had happened, but I wish they would have kept that for later in the movie. Yeah, I see where you're coming from. I like the fact that, um, I guess, and I guess this was uh, Chuck Connors' idea, was to have Slauzen walk with a limp, and then to have uh, his brother, like, walk perfectly or run to distinguish the two. I thought that was actually a really good idea for him to come up with that. I wonder if uh, Slauzen's character in the movie did that purposely to trick the people or if it was something where he did have this uh this personality disorder there, to where he actually thought that he had a limp as himself yeah uh i think that the, there is a little bit of a flaw especially in the chase scenes where you where you have what was supposedly slauson's brothers chasing them and then slauson would appear from the opposite direction like within seconds yeah. Like, they they definitely didn't think that through if he's playing the same person because there was like literally a scene where Molly was stepping backwards into like a stream or a creek and, and you could see from... his flashlight in front of her like you could see the, him in the woods in front of her and then maybe he, was he came out from the water maybe he was controlling the mannequin to make her think that he was up there no, That's like, a good... it, like, showed him running through the woods, Dylan. Like, like it, <laughs> it, okay, you're just stretching to try and defend it, but, like, there was two scenes where that happened, where, yeah. like, he was right behind them, and then he pulled the fucking Mike Myers and was ten feet in front of him. Get it was crazy him. when he was in the water, that look in his face. I was like, damn, man, it looks like I a real creeper. Started... Really, I feel like he looked like Christmas morning. Like, I started, yes! I started laughing because he looked like David Hasselhoff to me. <laughs> <laughs> I can see it. But um, oh, shit. no, I, I think that he did play crazy well. I mean, he had the great overalls. It, it added to the creepiness of the movie. Like I said, like for example, the scene that you brought up, Sierra, where he's like playing with the baby dolls and he's mm-hmm. like rocking back and forth holding the baby dolls. Like he's fucking insane. Like he's yeah. crazy. <laughs> I feel like they changed the character halfway through, though. Is how it seemed. Like it was like to me, everything he said made it seem like it was like jealousy, and you know, like he wanted everything he had. So what was like. He didn't seem to be insane to the point of, like, pretending to play with baby dolls or, or anything like that. It seemed more like... Well, he had to put I, on an act to gain these people's trust. I and... hate my brother. Like, No, I'm saying, like, from everything that you're given from the story, I don't think that the baby doll... Playing with the baby dolls fit into his psychosis, is what I'm saying. Like, it didn't make sense because his issues was that he had he had jealousy problems. He was jealous yeah, of everything so... his brother had had. And then... When he caught his, when the, when, whatever his name is, what's his name? Slauson. Slauson caught his brother fucking his wife. He killed both of them. Like, it, the, the and baby made the one into the, a mannequin. 
to me, the playing with the baby dolls doesn't go with his, with any of it. Well, I mean, I think it was just, just fucking crazy. I think it was just, like, yeah. to make it seem creepier. I don't think it was, like... I mean, it could have been. I don't think, like, if that, that <clears throat> person went through what they went through, that that would be the outcome is the baby dolls. I hate... I, I didn't hate it. I thought it was funny, but it kind of didn't fit the scene where he's, like, eating with his brother, and he's like, try the soup, and there's, like, the goofy music playing. Oh, and my like, gosh. That, he's like, I was try the crackers, and he's like, the, the, crack, the crackers are good, and he's like, that's what I'm saying, the crackers are good, and it's like... It was they very. Did that a couple of times. It was out of like like quirky sounds and like like music that almost. But that scene like right there was just like yeah. straight up quirky, and it it kind of didn't fit with the rest of the movie. Yeah. But it was speaking, it was still funny. Speaking of the music, so Erwin Yablons, uh, uh, one of the executive producers, uh, he also pr- produced Halloween, and he reportedly hated uh, Pino Donaggio's score, who mm-hmm. uh, did did the music, and he wanted more of like a synthesized score, like in. Halloween. So I wonder how if how the movie would have been. But That's I see where that comes from because with like most Charles Charles Band productions, um, especially in Puppet Master, it's it's a very like orchestrated music. So yeah, this movie I'm, was I, it was kind of hit or miss because it did have some uh some like songs or tracks or whatever that, that, was that really were creepy, creepy and then yeah. it had some other ones that were kind of like, almost upbeat. Yeah, like yeah. carnival esque. How about the sing- the singing mannequins? Yeah. <laughs> I like that they open their mouths too. Like, okay, so at first when I when like it first happened, um, with the singing mannequins, I was like, okay, so this is like the background music, right? And then you realize like she heard it too, and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like I was okay with it being background music, but then once it was like, so is he also is he also um, uh, what are they called? The people that talk through the a ventriloquist as well. Uh, maybe. I don't know. I don't think yeah. that you can be, I think you'd have to be telling Connecticut and a ventriloquist in order to pull off that trick. I'm going to say this, Jerry, who drives the Jeep, looks like a poor man's Ray, Ray Liotta from Goodfellas. Dude, as soon as I saw him, I was like, wow. It's funny, too, because he's the one that Look at that guy. He's the one that everybody in the movie were, was trying to find. Like, every girl, everyone that was missing, they just were walking, Jerry! Jerry, Jerry was, and it's like, why the fuck are you looking for Jerry? Look for somebody else. Yeah, at the end of the day, <laughs> Molly was the hero with the axe. Um, yeah, she was like, axe him! Okay, they should have Which that Another, another thing I did not get is how did he turn Jerry, like, the yeah. minute he touched his arm, into a mannequin? I, I can understand, like, the be... whole plaster thing. Yeah. You know, like, and then... Like what he did with his wife, where they're like, "Oh my!" They're like, "Oh my gosh, she's so lifelike." Like that, I I totally get. But I, I wonder if touched... it was a level of his telekinetic powers or something, because like, there's the part where he's dancing with his wife and she's going back and forth between a mannequin and like a real person. I see. To me, when he was doing that, where he, when they were spinning, I was thinking that like Molly, like was like it was making it lifelike to her, but it wasn't like legitimate. You know what I mean? Like, ma- like from all the trauma and the stress, that that's what she was seeing. Like, oh. Yeah. Okay, I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how I took it, at least. But I guess, I guess, like it's up to interpretation. Yeah, definitely. I think I, I, I loved, think there's definitely um, some holes so, in this film. I loved uh, Chuck Connors' line delivery at that part too, where uh, Jerry's like, "Oh, don't make me hurt you," and he's like, "Don't make you hurt me." Like, <laughs> I was yeah. like, "Oh, what a fucking <laughs> badass!" Hell yeah. yeah. I fuck, dude. He's got so much charm in this movie. Like, I, I wish, Just like I said, a real class act. I wish he had gone on to do more. Uh... Yeah. 
I wish he had gone on to do more, like, villain horror roles. Absolutely. He really did a good fucking job in this. But, um, we have two more movies to talk about, so let's rate this one. Sounds good. Oh, real quick, I guess Lene Quigley played a mannequin, and she's uncredited. I was looking out for her, and I couldn't find her. There was a lot of fucking mannequins. We fucking... We stood outside a hotel and talked to her for like an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah, we she's did. such a babe. We she were, was like showing. We, her. Yeah, we were like exchanging pictures of her pets. She has nine rescue dogs. Yep. She was, yeah. she was really nice. She was, she was like. And she was interested in the rescue snakes. Didn't she ask you about like braiding her hair or Erica about Erica, braiding her yeah, hair? Yeah, yeah. She wanted Erica to braid her hair. <laughs> yeah, we we stood, <laughs> outside, we stood outside and talked with her. She was waiting for a ride for like an hour and a half. Like I said, I think... her her boobs were the first pair of boobs I ever saw, and that was Return of the Living Dead. <laughs> I saw them this weekend. <laughs> she, she she was wearing a very racy dress. We'll put it. That I think way. she was wearing the same thing that she wore in the it movie. It was um like um mesh, like you could like holes yeah. in it, like you could see yeah. through it. And see her bra and panties. But she, she was sweet. She was. Really she sweet. was very sweet, and she has like all these cool piercings. Awesome. But uh, yeah, let's read Taurus Trap. Sounds good. Who's going first? Sierra. Did you just do nose goes? I did nose goes, and I remembered Stephen can't see my nose goes, so <laughs> <laughs> I just volunteered you. I like this movie. I thought it was really cool. There's definitely holes in the plot, but nothing that majorly like ruins anything. It just makes you be like. Maybe there's a reason. I don't know. <laughs> Probably not, but it's fine. I'll ignore it. Like, it doesn't... It's not, like, um, anything that would be, like, detrimental to the the end product. Just, like, little weird things that they just didn't think through. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that our Western actor was, was good. Uh, he was quirky, really, like, uh, really interesting killer, I think. Um, yeah, no, I thought it was really good. Uh, the girls were stupid as hell, as they always are, which is fine by me. Um, I'm going to give this movie a 7. I'll give it a 7. Okay. Steven, what you got? All right. So, I totally, I totally love this movie. Like, I'm so happy. You sound like you're fangirling (laughs) a little bit. It's kind of sweet. I, I may, because, like, again, I love the Puppet Master series, too. So you have to keep that in mind to see... In early development of, like, you know, where they got, like, their start is really cool. Yeah, because uh, Chuck... uh, David Schmoller directed and directed Puppet Master, too. Yep, the first exactly. One. So, like, to see that, to see their early works is really cool. Uh, Chuck Connors, again, what a fucking amazing villain he was. Like, I agree, I wish he would have done more, like, villainous horror roles. That would have been great. Um, the mannequins were pretty creepy, and, uh, yeah, there were some plot holes, though, I will say, but, uh, you did a good point, Sierra, of saying they're open for interpretation, where I could definitely see that. I think I'm gonna come in with, uh, I'm looking at an 8.4 on this one. Alright. Yeah. I'm gonna give this movie a 3. A three. Dylan's, Dylan's just waiting for you to get <laughs> triggered. He's no, I, <laughs> this is a movie where I went in with really low expectations, and I actually thoroughly fucking enjoyed it. Um, Chuck Connors killed it as Slauson. Um, the way it was filmed was great. The characters were great, except for Molly. I couldn't fucking stand Molly. But uh, I love the basement scene. 
I love the effects that they had because this was essentially a, not a low budget movie, but like a no budget movie. Like this movie didn't have a big budget, so they did a lot with what they had and they made it work very well. Um, and it's nice too because I I actually was a fan of the House of Wax remake. And it's one of those things where you watch the original and you're like, this is so much better. So even though this isn't technically the original House of Wax. It sure feels like it. It feels like it and it feels better. Um, I'm going to come in with an 8.5. Right on, dude. You actually beat my score by yeah. half a point. Yeah. It gives it an average of an 8. That's solid for me. Nobody can say it's fair. Erica's not here. That's fair. Yeah, no, that's what I was like. Yeah, that's solid. <laughs> I'm, I wouldn't dare steal Erica's line. So come, should be coming for you. Yeah. Should be saying everything's fair in the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, next, we're gonna talk so, about dolls. Dolls. Next, we're gonna talk about dolls. I like the way that we sound in comparison to the way that Steven sounds about this one. <laughs> this one's gonna have. We're gonna get into a fist fight at, at ratings. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> Ever been afraid of a storm? Think everything will be alright in the morning? Suppose there isn't a morning. Tonight, in this storm, in this house. You will discover something you've never been afraid of before. They're alive, aren't they? Dolls. They want to play with you. So, um, the Dolls was released in 1987. It was directed by Stuart Gordon, who directed Reanimator. Which is a yeah. great film. You should watch that one. And it was uh, written by Ed Naha. I like his Who last also name. wrote Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Which is also a great film. You should watch that one. <laughs> hey, um, hey. This is another Charles Band production. Taking it again to uh, IMDb. This one was written by Anonymous. I hope Anonymous is funny. The mystery. A group of travelers spend the night in a mansion of an elderly couple who are doll makers. However, one of the traveler's children discovers that the dolls the couple makes are actually humans that the couple has miniaturized and turned into tools for their evil plans. They're not evil, okay? That was terrible. The old people wanted to teach adults a lesson. Like, well, I don't know if that was, like, the case for everybody, but with, with the little girl's father, he was a dick to her. He was such a terrible guy. And then the nice adult survived because he was nice and he was understanding. He was cool. Mm-hmm. But the, the shitty people died, and that's how it should be. If you're shitty, you should die. 
Quote, quote of the night: If you're shitty, you should die. <laughs> I think like the whole no. the the whole motive of the couple, uh, uh, Mr. Gabriel being played by Guy, Guy Ralph, who would later go on into play Andre Toulon in the Puppet Master series. Um, I think like their whole motive was to still hold on to that innocence of what kept you like, uh, a child. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's why the the little girl and um. What the fuck's his name? The funny guy. I can't even remember his name. I don't have IMDB pulled up. I just wrote. I just write notes as I'm watching. Um, The guy that she tried to hook up with her mom at the end. Randy. Yeah, isn't it? I thought it was Ralph. Um. Ralph. I was Ralph. It is Ralph. Okay. You're welcome. Thank you. So you know, I think that's why they survived. Um, do you think that he got some from her mom when they got back to Boston? Well, they were going to do a sequel with all of them living in Boston together. And then that, I guess, like, Gabe, Mr. Gabriel and his wife were going to be sent there in the form of dolls. But they scrapped that idea. Yeah, well, it would make sense. How do they make themselves into dolls? Because they have witchcraft. Yeah, I don't know. Why would they do that? <laughs> that seems like, mm, I don't know. I've I got questions. I've got questions. Well, let's try to answer them. Nah, you can't answer them. The movie was never made. <laughs> it's terrible. No, this movie was weird. Like, it, it definitely didn't feel like an adult horror. Like, it wasn't. It didn't feel like it was geared to, to towards adults. It was very like um. I don't want to say goosebumpy because it's definitely like darker than goosebumps. I would say like kind of like Tales from the Crypty, where it's very cheesy, but um. Like, it's not necessarily for kids, but it just doesn't... Like, it's not scary scary to an adult. Uh, but I feel like it would terrify the fuck out of kids. See, it's funny because I actually... It gave me Goosebumps vibes. Yeah, I just think it's just, like, a little bit scarier than Goosebumps was. This movie, the vibe I get is, you know... I can see where you're coming from with the Goosebumps vibes. It's It's got this, like, kind of younger charm to it where it's, like... It's a dark and stormy night, so let's go on an adventure, but this one happens to be really fucking morbid, weird, and dark. It almost <laughs> reminds me of something that would have popped up on sci-fi when I was a kid, like, watching, like, in like, yeah. October when they, like, did, like, the, like, random movie, like, random scary movies for, like, the whole month. And yeah. that's what it, it brings me back to, is, like, watching movies that I probably shouldn't have watched with my dad. Um, See, to me, it gave me, it gave me, like, um... Almost like fairy tale kind of vibes, yeah, like, like a, but like Grimm's fairy tales where they're kind of fucked up, and you're like, I can't believe a kid would read this. Yeah, yeah, definitely, I see that too. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it almost um, is like that too because there's like a moral lesson at the end. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it is very fairy taleish. So a little fun fact, I guess the film like originated with the poster image of the doll holding its own eyeballs, mm-hmm. and uh, that was like Charles Band's like. Uh, pitch and then the writer uh, Ed Naha was given total creative freedom um, so I guess the producer thought like you know what since the the poster was a pitch that we should uh, insert the scene so when you see that like young fucking uh, what is it English goth girl mm-hmm. holding her eyeballs you know that was just straight from the poster like oh we gotta put that in there Oh yeah, which is funny because that was the only part of the movie that I would say was actually kind of creepy <laughs> it was definitely fucking twisted for sure. Had they had they made that move, the entire movie more of that vibe, I probably would have enjoyed it a little. What bit What were more. the Eng- English chicks doing in America? There was Robin. I have people. no idea. 
This is America. They can come to America if they want to, Sierra. No, it just like it just seemed out of place because like everybody else is like, I, I don't know. It just seemed out of place. You know, it's funny. Um, two goth chicks show up at the same like. Mm. Yeah, no, they, 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 that was kind of weird. But also, like the gore scenes were inserted kind of later because they felt it needed more gore. But I guess after making it, they kind of were like, it doesn't really fit the tone. Well, what I had no, read, it, like, like, what I had read was. Um, the reason they added more gore in was because Stuart Gordon had just come off of directing Reanimator, which was filled with Which gore, was violent was, as fuck, yeah. And it was it gained attention from that. So they kind of threw it in because I, I don't the know if guy, they thought... The other guy was like, but I want to do Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, and that's a real nice movie. It's, oh, yeah. I wanted to bring this up with Taurus Trap, and I forgot. Um, Taurus Trap was given a PG rating. And yeah. They were aiming for an R rating because they thought that it would draw in more audiences. And it really, like, I thought it was kind of funny, which is why I wanted to bring it up. Because nowadays you see people aim for a PG-13 rating to bring in more teenagers and, like, a more young audience to sell tickets. Yeah. Where back then it was complete opposite. Yeah, but you know what you gotta think, though, too, is, like, when we see a horror movie, like, like when it's, like, oh, come to theaters, we're like... Is it PG-13 or is it R? And the second it's like PG-13, I'm like, ah, fuck, it's another fucking Yeah, the high roll, yep, I'm the same way. <laughs> I'm not watching how... Paranormal Activity anymore! <laughs> it I is funny how, it. like, the, the uh, it's flipped these days. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, you know, then it was rated R, that was the attraction. I think viewers would rather see rated R, but I think that movie companies know that kids will go and watch it. PG-13 yeah, to be edgy. Because what it is... It's fun on a Friday night what to go it is, to the mall with your friends and watch a PG-13 scary movie. They'll release the movie in PG-13 in theaters to sell the movie. And then they'll the do theaters. an unrated version on They'll do DVD. an unrated version on DVD and Blu-ray, which adults will buy because they'll be like, oh, it's more bloody and violent. And you're like, okay, you got and me it's sold. like one extra scene that's yeah. like not that bad. Like, it's <laughs> like, oh, this is bold. Like, oh, you got, you got the, I said fuck one too many times already. I see. <laughs> I see what you did there. Added three more fucks and we got an R rating. <laughs> I mean, I didn't mind the, the, the gore that was added. And you know, you guys know me. I fucking yeah, love gore, so. Gore, you're the gore guy. Exactly, um, so I was, like, all for it. One thing that I'll say this movie had going for it were um, Guy Rolf and Hilary Mason, who played Gabriel and Hilary, the old couple. Mm-hmm. Um, they were amazing actors. Yeah, they were really good. Like, it was like, I, I just feel like they were very sophisticated and, like, like they were classically trained actors or something. Hell they yeah. so good. The so, main I'm, little girl, I'm not gonna lie, looked like a little boy with a wig on. <laughs> <laughs> she had a weird haircut too, where it looked like it was like shorter. I think they made it. They tried to make her look like a doll. I think is what it was oh. because it has that like she has that like doll haircut with the pigtails. And, and then the, like the bangs yeah. are like they're almost straight across bangs, but like they're parted slightly to the sides. And it might not have been that she looked like a boy. She had but she looked, haircut. She looked like one of Sierra's cousins, like how he looked as a kid, but he you know, looked like a boy. He had short hair and stuff. So maybe that's just why I'm thinking she looked like a boy, but... Yeah, he does. she does look like my cousin Gage. <laughs> who was named after Pet Cemetery, by the way. That's awesome. Yeah, one, I wish Guy Rolf was, like, a long-lost grandfather, mm-hmm. for one, because, like, he, he, he was great. Making um, you dolls. <laughs> and, uh... So I was going to say... Oh, dude, the stop motion of the dolls was just fucking awesome. I really loved watching them like come off the shelf and i see that they would you know again a lot of i keep going back to puppet master but you know these are the people 
that helped. Well, Guy, you know, Roth, Guy Roth played uh, Toulon in the yep. Master movies, so. And uh, also, like, the movement for the puppets later. Like, in Puppet Master, they'd go to wire movements, but they'd also do stop motion, where mm-hmm. I could see that they got the, the skills really developed here. But also, when the one got English goth girl, uh, she faces, like, the marching band, the kind of British army. Mm-hmm. Those kind of shots, definitely I could see the influence for Six Shooter. Because yeah. the way he kills his... Uh, Victims is the exact same way with with the way they shoot like the scene. I want to know what those little those little tiny soldiers were shooting out of, out those, of those little, little tiny, tiny guns. fucking guns. Well, like I said, man, like if you watch if you watch uh, Puppet Master three when they introduce Six Shooter, he's got little bullets, I guess. But dude, like she had bullet wounds that, like, as if she had just gotten shot with actual bullets, like a shotgun. You know what it probably was? They were probably those AR-15s that everybody's been talking about. Those little tiny ones. Oh boy, those were definitely (laughs) AR-15s. Okay, they're almost bad now. We'll be safe soon. But no, yeah, I I didn't really have too much to say about the movie. Um, it it did to me feel like a. Goosebumps slash fairy tale type thing. Could you imagine having a dad that that was that shitty? T- oh wait, sorry, Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> what do you? <laughs> no, that dad was a dick. Yeah, that dad was terrible. I was just fucking yeah. with Dylan. It, it's and kind I... of, it's kind of like, it has that moral standpoint too, to where it kind of is a throwback to like. EC comics and stuff. Uh, yeah, like Tales from the Crypt, where it's like the bad people get bad punished. Things and happen to bad, bad things happen. Yeah, I, lo- I love people. that he, he gets turned into the punch doll at the end. Yeah. Although it was weird making the punch doll talk, I was like, no, that's that shouldn't be. <laughs> like when the punch doll talks to Ralph, he's like, you know, Ralph, you know. <laughs> I'm like, ah. I think the scene where Ralph realizes that they are legitimately alive was great when he's like. Looking at the little girl, he goes, "These dolls are alive, aren't they?" And she's like, "Yes." Yep. And he like, <laughs> he actually <"Sit> all. <laughs> he uh, he improvised a lot of his uh, comedic scenes, and I definitely think he could have passed off as like a, a character in like one of the National Lampoon. Uh, if they movies. ever remake this movie, they need to get the dude from Shaun of the Dead to play him, Nick Frost. Yeah, yeah, I can definitely <laughs> see that. Are they making a new horror comedy? They are making a new horror comedy, and it's going to be a monster movie. I forget what it's called though. Nice. Um. Yeah, no, I I I did like too to the end shot of the movie where it shows um the stepmom and the dad and the two goth girls as dolls, as dolls, oh, dolls and they yeah. kind of like look over at each other and stuff. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> My question I is, why did he get weird looking and the other ones just look like doll versions of themselves? Because he got well, turned because, into the punch like, doll. He was purposely turned to the punch doll. Yeah, and the punch doll they they have like a weird, you know. They never really explained to too, like how uh, Gabriel turns them into dolls. Like the dad, witchcraft. Uses, was it witchcraft? Yeah, the dad yeah. is randomly just like you'll see soon, and then he just like just randomly starts turning <laughs> into a doll. <laughs> I, I just another thing too, man. I love the the facial expressions on the dolls. Like when something's up, or like when they're holding like Ralph and like uh, Judy. I think her name is. Who I don't know. Is that the kid's Judy? name? Like, when they're holding them hostage and they're deciding what to do with them, I was like, that's kind of cool. Like, I, I just, they're, like, almost human-like now. Creature. Yeah, I fucking, I fuck with it. 
I also like the bear scene. Oh my gosh, who thought, who I, thought that was okay? Coming? I'm glad it was a dream because as soon as yeah. that happened, I was like, <laughs> "What the fuck does Steven have, have us this watching?" Is what we are not watching today. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, and it was funny because the actress was actually really terrified of like the yeah. monster bear, and they would uh, torture her on stage, I get or on set. Yeah, I saw that. She deserved it. But. Let's rate dolls. All right. So it's my turn? Yep. Yeah. Uh, I think that this movie would have been really cool to watch when I was younger. Uh, I think as an adult, it doesn't really do much for me. I think... I wouldn't even say necessarily that it's, like, a super cheesy horror movie, but it's, like... It's not... It, it's so far out there that it's it's hard to find scary, which is fine. People like that. It's just not necessarily for me. Um, I did like the old people. They were awesome actors. Old people, because I don't remember names, even though we've said them 70 times since mm-hmm. we've gotten on. Um, the little girl was obnoxious as fuck, but she did not deserve those shitty parents. So hopefully Ralph gets laid by her mom and they live happily ever after. I'm going to give this movie a three. What is on your finger? It's a blood blister from when I was fixing my car. That's fucking disgusting. Because I'm hardcore, bro. Ew. Steven, what you got? You said a three? Here, a three. A three? What? <laughs> no, that's no, a real I'm, one. It's just I'm, like... Mm, no, it's fine. Yeah. Like, right. I don't think it's like a bad movie, but like, it's just like... It's not, not something that like... If it was like on TV, I might just like leave it on. But like, I, I wouldn't look to watch it again. Alright. I own the Shout Factory release of this on Blu-ray. I, I, there's something about this movie that is actually very comforting to me. Like, it's something I could throw on while going to sleep and just be like, yes, this is nice. I don't know. It's, 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 it's something that captures my imagination because I was a, a big fan of, like I said, the Puppet Master movies so i had some of the action figures i used to have a lot of ventriloquist dolls and a couple of puppets on marionettes so i kind of fuck with this kind of shit so i think that's why i draw to it like i find the kid of myself in this movie and i think i'm gonna give it a solid eight yeah all right dijardini um I mean, I don't have really too much to say that I haven't said already. Um, I, I, The part with the girl where she picks the eyeballs up and stuff, I thought that that was kind of creepy. And I do wish that they stuck with that tone. Um, to me, it felt like... I don't want to hate on this movie too much because it did have good aspects to it. But to me, it felt like an R-rated Goosebumps episode. But it was those Goosebumps episodes that you were like... Alright, there's a lot better episodes than this one. (laughs) (laughs) So, I think I'm going to agree with Sierra and just, I'm going to give it a three. So that gives it an average of a 4.7. Alright, I could... I could see, like, kind of in the middle. It's almost in the middle. I could... (laughs) It's almost (laughs) It's almost It's almost acceptable. Um, what's that Bigfoot movie you always talk about? The Legend of Boggy Legend Creek. of Boggy Creek. The people at the convention, the Bigfoot experts, said that that is the mm-hmm. best interpretation of what Bigfoot is. And if you want to know anything about Bigfoot, you should watch that movie. 
Well, yeah, waiting definitely. Waiting to talk about Bigfoot? <laughs> those are actually, um, so towards the south, those those are more of the type 2 Sasquatches. Um, and and that's kind of, which have like long hair. So like type 1s are more in the western region, like California. And they have like the cone head, mm-hmm. like kind of Robert Patterson. Whereas in the south, they're more, um, they have longer hair. Uh, they're a little more uglier looking than the type 1s. And they're yeah. actually a little more rabid and kind of more aggressive and type threes are more on our side of the Northeast. So they have like a Neanderthal look and then there's type fours, which are more of like dog men. So they kind of have like snouts. What about the skunk? What is it? The... That the skunk ape, that's, uh, the what? you know, the skunk ape. Yeah. Those the are skunk more in, ape the, yeah. in Florida. Yep. Yep. Those, uh, those kind of, I don't know. I guess they'd fit in like a type two category, almost they like a type two and a type similar, three. But they're a little bit smaller from a standard Bigfoot, which range in, from seven feet to thirteen feet tall. Yeah. This one is more hitting around more of a human size, so I think that's interesting. So. Yeah. What is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> We're just talking about dolls, and out of nowhere, you're like, you had to get Bigfoot. me going, sir. Just fucking had to. No, I was like, we haven't talked to Steven about the Bigfoot experts. So we played them that recording of the Bigfoot sound, and he, like, looked at us, his eyes got wide, his jaw dropped, and he's like, that's a Bigfoot. They actually Yo, had, I um, seriously... They actually had recordings of, like, Bigfoot that they had, like, they had recorded, and it sounded mm-hmm. almost exactly like what Erica had a recording of. Well, I, I'm, I'm thinking about taking some time off from work, and I want to come down, and I'd love to go to that spot where you guys heard the recording. It was right in my brother's It's literally right in, in that pile's backyard. But did you know that um, there's a theory that Bigfoots have trained coyotes to help them hunt? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so what they do, actually, is they follow the coyotes to the deer, and then they kind of steal the coyotes' kill, believe yeah, it or not. Yeah, see, yep. that's... That's what they say. And See, then this they... guy was throwing out some knowledge that there's no way these Shut people would up, know this. Dylan. Like he was like, "Oh, Bigfoots live in packs of four: one male, three females, and the young leave the pack at the age of 17." And I'm like, "How do See, you know I this?" I don't know that, but they do travel in packs. They do. So, like, the one that, that you but do see... But, see, the thing is, is, like, Dylan's like, well, you'd see more the, the more frequently than... I said, no, because they said it's a 200-mile oh, radius. They're, well, they, they live in 200-mile radiuses. That's well, here's where they what the roam. guy... So, it's like, no, and then, but... Okay, I feel so like the, the guy, one thing he on. said that, that I was... Feel, I feel like the guy was making up facts as he was talking to us. No, he Because he was, like, for example, you know those big power lines that are in the woods? Like, they clear yep. the space out. He's yep. just like, oh, Bigfoot have been known to follow those... And, you know, people will follow them and say, oh, I don't see a Bigfoot, but they're in the woods nearby, and they follow those as, like, trail markers. And I'm like, all right. He's like, and then we he's call like, them Bigfoot like, no, superhighways. He said that, and he's, like, quiet for a minute, and he's like, you know, some people have called those, you know, Bigfoot superhighways. I, and I like, will say this about that. Um, there have been actually a lot of sightings in the woods with those power lines where they'll be near it. So that is a very odd coincidence, but... The way this guy is coming off, I could see why one wouldn't believe. Well, no, see, like, like, the, like he was saying it, and I was like, "All right." And then, like, he paused for a minute. And it's he's like, like the way that like he, he was trying to, to phrase it at the end sounded a little quirky. It, no, it was almost like he like came up with that on the spot, and he's like, "I'm going to say that people call good. it." Yeah, this is good. Yeah. <laughs> he's well, a nice dude. But let's like, talk about dead silence. I don't, let's do it. We'll do a Bigfoot episode. Don't worry. No, we, hell yeah, we, def- yeah, we, we definitely got to cover the Legend of Boggy Pete. 
Creek because it's, it's, it's another Charles. one you told us to watch. What's the other one? I don't remember. Uh, no, I have a whole catalog, so we could just pick no, through. No, he said that there's two where they're like legit, like it, Bigfoot informational good movies, and then he said the other ones you can't trust them. <laughs> well, I mean, I want to also keep it in the category of horror, so maybe we'll do Legend Boggy Creek as like an informational one because it is it is very factual, um, and like. The people that were in the film were actually like witnesses, um, but I would also love to do like a more, even though that one is actually a very dark interpretation of Sasquatch mm-hmm. uh, because it's terrorized the town for years. But I would also like to do like you know another like horror one, what is like that legit. Creature that lives in that that city we're gonna go to the festival for. Oh, um, it's in Bladesboro, I think. It's the Bladesboro Beast. Yeah. We're gonna go. To, we're gonna go to the festival for the. Where's that? Bleach. Where's that? It's like an hour from our house. It's like a. Okay. What is it? Is it like kills dogs, right? Yeah, it like killed dogs and like drained their blood. And yeah, they said and it, it was like, like a panther-like thing. It, it it was in the fifties, and it ended up killing like eleven dogs or something like that. In like, oh, a, wow. like a two-week span. Yeah. And then it just stopped. So now they celebrate every year to like keep the beast happy. <laughs> like, That's crazy. The beast. The beast. The beast. Okay. All right, let's talk dead silence. Uh, Are you going to leave the Bigfoot talk in though? Yeah, so oh, I'll leave the Bigfoot good. talk. Okay, good. Cuz it's good information. There's an old ghost story around here about a woman named Mary Shaw. The ventriloquist who lost her voice. Back when I was a boy, a little boy went missing. There was only ever one suspect, Mary Shaw. She was murdered. The men cut out her tongue. And this town has been plagued by death ever since. Families found without their tongues. She was buried with her doll collection. The children, as she called them. Somebody dug them up. All 100 of them. They came back. They didn't stay dead. She's here. What's going on? You wear the stare of Mary Shaw. She had no children, only dolls. Destroy the dolls! And if you see her, do not scream. She'll rip your tongue out at the scene. All right. Uh, Dead Silence was released in 2007. It was directed by James Wan, and it was written by Lee Wan- Wanell and James Wan. You have a James thing for Wan. James Wan. I don't have a thing for James yes, Wan, Sierra. Yes, you do. But, um, yeah, we'll take it to the IMDb's. Holy shit. These are, okay, here's a <clears> short <throat> one. This is by Chris Hobson. After receiving a weird package with the doll named Billy, Jamie's wife is murdered and believes Mary Shaw and Billy are behind it. Destined to find the truth, Jamie goes to the town of Raven's Fair, where the ventriloquist Mary Shaw used to perform is buried. But Jamie is in for more than he expected. He did not have to talk about Mary Shaw and Billy like right in the description. You know, that's kind of giving away too much. <laughs> um... 
I think that, like, every time there's a, a movie that James Wan makes, you're like, oh, yeah, this is a James Wan one. Well, this is this was, like, the beginning of his career. This was mm-hmm. right after, I think he did Saw 1 through 3, and then he did this. Yeah. yeah, the beginning of his career, we put out three movies that fucking sold the shit out of theaters, but this is the beginning. Well, this, um, Dead Silence didn't do well in theaters, actually. Unfortunately, no. Wait, because they, they were going to do plans. a sequel. Yeah. They I feel like that sequel, sequel would turn into Annabelle. Yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> but you oh, can. Oh fuck yeah, that's another doll movie. James Wan like had James Wan always puts dolls. The Saw he had dolls in it. Yeah, I didn't you know? like yep. Saw. Um, I was really excited when this came out because this was at you know the height of the Saw craze, and I not as much. Sierra will go on about how much I love the Saw movies. Uh, in retrospect, they're okay at best. First three were solid. After that, like fucking let it end. Exactly. I, I would more say the second one is the best. Dylan, but, every year, would go see yeah, his fucking I movies. I would go see him every year. Every but, fucking year, he dragged me to that shit. So this was at the height of the Saw craze, and I was like, all right, James Wan's really good. He's going to put out a doll movie. So I was fucking hyped. Not to mention, Aiden put out We Sing Hell Forever. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. So back in the uh, Love back Aiden. in the fuse back in the fuse craze, they'd play the music video, and I'm like, yep. oh, I gotta see this fucking dude. Movie. Fuck yes, man! That's how I discovered Aiden was because of fuse. Stephen Titled's rock show. Sarah met Stephen from Stephen's Untitled Rock Show at a Mike Kim concert. Yeah, I did. Nice. I, have a, I have a picture with him. If you're ever curious to how I looked when I was oh, in eighth grade, it wasn't eighth grade. I, I told it, you it guys like that uh, Frank Iero was at the Misfits show. Yeah, that's how you guys saw. All right, how did you see him? He's like four foot tall. Dude, he was like, they're perfect two, yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, he was like two rows like above me, and I was like, oh shit, that's Frank Iero. But um, yeah, no. So I was really excited when this movie came out, and I remember I don't think I, I didn't see it in theaters, but I bought it when it came out, and I fucking loved it. And then um, I remember I have a specific memory of going to one of my friends' houses, and we, I put this movie on, and I'm like, yo, you gotta watch this movie. And it was like one in the morning, and I fell asleep. What friend was it? Austin. Oh my gosh. Uh, he... <laughs> I haven't heard that name in a long time. <laughs> um, I fell asleep and uh, he woke me up when the movie was over and he's like, why the fuck would you put that on and make me watch it by myself? <laughs> like, it, it, it had a creepiness to it for sure, um, which we'll dive into. But the best part of the movie is Donnie Wahlberg shaving his face. Yep. <laughs> How do you get you so smooth? Nah, that doesn't work for me. <laughs> Which I guess he plays like literally the same fucking character in a TV show. Really? I, yeah, I don't know what it is, but it's literally the same character. He fucking what? You know what's crazy? Um, I pointed it out this year. You could not fucking recognize him, but he's in the Sixth Sense. He plays the guy in the beginning who kills himself. But oh, he really? lost. He I lost really the movie in so guy. long. Yeah, he he lost a ton of fucking weight to play this part. And you, like, if you saw pictures he of him... He looks like he might be 90, 90 pounds, like, soaking wet. If you saw Jesus. like, if, like, if you watched the movie, you would not recognize him at all. But, um, That's crazy, because the Wahlbergs here. are, they're, they're, they're pretty, they're pretty <coughs> sad dudes, you know? Well, fucking Donnie, New Kids on the Block. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> but, um... I don't even know if I know a New Kids on the Block song. You're dead to me. What um, is, what's a New Kids on the Block? So... Right stuff? Come on. So... <laughs> Oh, 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 oh. Which he was in, uh, he was in Saw 2. He played the cop in Saw 2. Yep. Which I was kind of, 
the only Saw movie I remember is the one where the guy had to saw his foot off because you know that's the first one. Yeah, first one, I remember yeah. that one. But um, yeah, he he was in it. The guy who played, G- I mean, the acting all around was pretty good. Um, I will say if anybody has never seen this movie, we're first off we're spoiling the hell out of it, so sorry. But um, if you watch this movie, if you haven't seen it, watch. Do not watch the unrated version. And that this is one of the rare instances where I will say, do not watch the unrated version. <laughs> I, why? I have the unrated version. They added, <clears throat> like, they took out the right stuff for the rated version. <laughs> you know what? Like, I've only seen the rated version when it just came out, like, because I rented it. Like, you know the part where Mary Shaw's CGI tongues come out and there's all the fucking tongues and it's, like, terrible CGI? That was yeah. not in the rated version. That was in the unrated version. And I'm like... Are there any other scenes? Because, like, now I'm, like, I'm so used to the unrated version that I don't even remember, like, what There was... are not... That's the main one that I can think of offhand, but watch the rated version. It's... They, they cut out a lot of, uh... The Saw Puppets in this movie. Yes. Yes. They, He's in one, uh, when they're showing all the dolls, mm-hmm. I believe. I have watched... Them. I have watched this movie so many fucking times, and I've never been able to see him. I have seen him. I know you've seen him. You told it's me It's literally, like, a... It's like a quick glimpse, and then I'm... he's on the background and on the drawing, uh, on the board or whatever. Mm-hmm. No, that's on, uh, that's an Insidious. Uh-huh. Oh, you're right, fuck. Right? That, yeah, Insidious. Is... Yeah, Jigsaw's on the chalkboard then, yeah. yeah. You can always tell his movies. But, um, yeah, so, this, I, I What like is this it movie... about James Wan movies? I mean, is it, like, the lighting? Is it the way they're filmed? Like, I don't know. Like, his, like... It's the twist! No, well, this is what I'm saying. <laughs> it's like... Death Silence is a totally different movie from Saw, which but is a totally can... different movie from Insidious. But, like, he literally has, which is not, I'm not saying it in a bad way at all. His style is exactly the same in everything. Like, you can see it's from, like, It's the tone, the, I think, of the, the movies, well, yeah. I'm saying it's, like, he uses the same color palette. Like, it's very, like, I feel like it's very dull and dark. It feels, like, stormy, I feel like, all the time in his mm-hmm. movies. Um, and it's, like, I don't know, I, even if it's not a paranormal movie, it, like to me, it, you always feel like almost like a paranormal type of horror. Feel like Saw is nothing paranormal; it's just fucking gore. Mm-hmm. But like, there's always something that feels like it could be a paranormal movie. I don't know. I feel like, that, and I feel like they're always aimed to childhood fears. I feel like this was what set James Wan down the. Uh the paranormal path because he did saw they started out with saw and then he did dead silence and then he went on to do the conjuring insidious dead yeah silence. like <laughs> every time james wan puts out a movie don't like, annabelle oh! yep no he didn't do annabelle oh he did no oh, no he was a producer he was a producer but he didn't write or direct it which you can tell because that movie's garbage but i won't get into that although Anna, the, the prequel though i'll say this the prequel was a lot better i've heard the prequels better but i despised the first one so much that i can't bring myself to watch the second I one. give it a chance well maybe we'll review it i you think know, it would have been creepier if they look. kept the annabelle doll as a raggedy Ann. yeah i don't know i kind of like the i, I kind of like the annabelle look but i understand like yeah the raggedy doll is the original but enough about that. Let's talk more Dead Silence. Yeah. Um, the only scene I remember from this is the fucking shitty CGI tongue. Like, that's the scene. Whenever I think that sounds, I'm like, ah. Oh, well, that's the unrated tongue. version, so you gotta watch the rated version. Um, 
This I part, think I saw this in theaters. This part, I think, is what cemented James Wan on the jump scares, because they weren't really a thing in the Saw movies, and then this, you get your fair amount of jump scares. Yeah. Um, one and that I'm always gets me... One's that, one that always gets me is uh, when he's in the hotel room with the blinking red light. Oh, and it's dude. going on and then going off and then going on and then going off and then it goes on and like she's sitting in the chair in the hotel room. I was like, oh fuck. <laughs> dude, that scene terrified me when I first saw this movie. I love it. And I like how like the sign is almost like a heartbeat and then it slowly starts to fade and fade mm-hmm. and then it's just quiet. And then yeah, Billy's eyes move over and then we see the silhouette and almost it doesn't really show Mary Shaw, but you can kind of see. Dude, that is an awesome scene. Like that's that's good horror right there. I, I do like, too, that they didn't go the route of, like, having the dolls, like, running around and, like, talking. Yeah. And like, it, it, it would have made it too cheesy. Well, I feel like they, did, the they gave them, dolls. Was it for me? Was they the gave them the right amount of movement and, like, to where it made it creepy, but it wasn't too much. Like, Billy's head turning and the eyes moving It was almost stuff. like Paranormal where it was, like, like, it, like, if a, if a doll rolled in on, on the tricycle or... It moves slightly, but like it's like when you, it's like when you take a doll and you try to move its arms and its legs to make it human-like, you get Chucky. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And if you want like a really, really, really creepy feel, you don't want it to look like Chucky. So, um, the thing that the the whole plot of this movie is, um, Mary Shaw was killed by. Just say that little rhyme. Beware the stare of Mary Shaw. She had no children, only dolls. And if you see her in your dreams, be sure to never ever scream, or she'll tear your tongue out at the seam. That was really. I, I was excited. Right on. To be like, let me Google it. Hold on. <laughs> but um, no, I've got it memorized too. I've watched this movie so many times. <laughs> I, dude, I didn't even have to rewatch it for the this episode. I used to watch it like consistently because, like I said, like this movie when it came out for me, it was creepy. So this is the movie Same. that I'd show everybody that I, <clears throat> I hung out with. Like, yo, we gotta watch Dead Silence. But, um, the, the whole plot of the story is, um, Mary Shaw, she was a ventriloquist in the town and she gets heckled by some guy or some kid who's like, oh, I see your lips moving. And then, um, the kid goes missing. And they assume it's her. They assume it's her. They kill her. And then she comes back and gets revenge. So she never killed the boy. Well, that's what pisses nope. me off, well, is that she did kill the boy. She did. So so it's yeah. like, it's she not... She wanted to like, make the perfect doll. Yeah, that was the whole thing, is she wanted to make the perfect it doll. It would have been better if she didn't kill the boy, and it was like just like a vengeance, like, I didn't do it. Well, that's what I'm saying. Off. Like, that's what kind of took me out of it. But I, I will say that, because um, Jamie finds the doll of the little boy, and like half the face is missing, like it's decayed. And it's that's a creepy part right there. Um, yeah. But twist ending, because, you know, gotta have a twist ending. This was the era of twist endings. Um, Jamie's stepmother was... I don't know, was she possessed by Mary Shaw? Did it ever explain what that was? Yeah, I think I think she was. But um, she had turned Jamie's dad into a ventriloquist dummy. And I love that perfect, twist. He was the perfect doll. She's using this fucking spinal cord to oh, move yeah, around and stuff. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yep, but, I loved it. It, it was a good twist, but I feel like it was kind of put in there to be a twist. Be a twist, like yeah. The whole they could have had this movie. Don't you think that's kind of the point with every twist, though? Well, I a twist is good if it 
contributes to the plot. Where this movie, you could have had the movie without that plot point, and still, I mean, you would have had to tweak a few things, but because the the whole thing was, uh, she was killing everyone in his mm-hmm. in his ancestry or like everyone in the family line. So that was how she lured him to get there. Always troubled boys. We left out but, a slight plot point. Why she goes after the tongues of every one of her victims. Oh, she mimics their voices. Yeah, which was really cool, too. I did enjoy that, but also, her tongue was cut out as well, so that's why, like, all of her victims' tongues yeah. were uh, removed. How did she have a CGI tongue? Because it what? was all the tongues of the people she killed yeah. like, tied together, and that was the CGI tongue that came out. That's why that she was... could do all their voices. Yeah. Yo, Young Harry... Young Henry, young Harry, young Henry is definitely that virgin kid from It Follows. Oh god, I fucking hate that kid. Yeah, it's totally <laughs> him. Those are the kid, the one from um, Atypical and It Follows, the really annoying one that's like, I'll, I'll take the curse for you. You can sleep with me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he wants it so bad, I don't care if he dies. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't mind him in Atypical though. That's because he wasn't acting. He's just awkward like that in real life, but. You just definitely called him autistic in your, <laughs> like, without saying it. That's what you just said. I'll cut it out. <laughs> but, um, no, nah, I didn't mean it in, like, an autistic way. Like, that guy's just really awkward and weird. Like, it, it kind of puts me off to him. But, um. I feel like nah, that's, like, the popular style of acting for, like, teen movies now. Yeah, but I, no, I, I feel like the whole, like, twist didn't have to be there. Like, it was a cool twist, but they could have done the movie without it. I'm kind of glad that they didn't end up doing sequels for this, because I feel sequels like it Sequels a lot of times ruin it. Well, that, and I feel like it would have taken away with how creepy this was, because when they expand on it a little bit, it kind of takes away from it. Plus, if the sequel isn't planned prior to, like, prior to the first one... You shouldn't make Well, one. the thing, too, is the whole plot of this movie was she was going down the family line and killing everybody, and she kills him at the end of the movie. So, like, she kind of did what she set out to do. What are you going to make a sequel about? Like, yeah, you know Oh, what? you didn't Looking know, but Jamie it, had a son. Well, that's what... No, he, well, he died in the beginning. His well, wife he got did, killed but, in the beginning, yeah. and it was like, oh, she was carrying her child, and he didn't know. Just like Seven, which we covered last week. Check the episode out. But... <laughs> <laughs> Good plug. Um, yeah. We're watching some morbid ass fucking movies these days. I like I like when she tells Jamie like when he's like, "Why did you kill my wife?" And she's like, "Come closer." And she's Dude, like talking okay. to you like that the clown part. I, yeah, I was like, I, I'm again. Whole reason we're doing this episode. Don't like clowns, but then you or I, I don't like dolls. But then you throw in a clown doll, and that thing was fucking terrifying. Hey, Hell, do you yeah. know who owned a clown do- clown doll? Me. I owned a clown doll. It sat above my bed. I like to forget. Remember? <laughs> but, um, I love it sitting in the rocking chair in the corner. And, like, yeah, and it's rocking back show. and forth. And I'm Fuck like, oh. yeah, dude. That... You heard the last Ashen. And yeah. I was like, oh shit, she really was pregnant. Was your fear of dolls prior to us dating, or was it like after you walked into my room of porcelain dolls? No, it was always like, um, I would go to my aunt's house when I was a kid. And I'd sleep out in the living room, and she had... They were my grandma's. My grandma used to have them. But, like, the cabinet that had all the porcelain dolls in it, and I'd just be terrified. Like, I'd feel like they were all looking at me, and I'd just be terrified <laughs> that, like, I was going to wake up, and there was going to be one standing above me or some shit. <laughs> Dude, you would have hated my room as a kid. I had 
So I had a Charlie McCarthy ventriloquist dummy, which was actually featured in this, a Howdy McDoody, I had a Slappy dummy, and then I had a Chucky doll all sitting on my toy box right across from my bed. I wonder if that contributed to a little contributed Chucky. to it a little bit too is the fact that Chucky was like the first horror movie I watched as a kid and it creeped me out when I was like because I watched it when I was like four or five and it yeah. scared the shit out of me so. I had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dolls when Tom started Zero was the real life I Mary still Shaw. have them yeah. I still have all of them and uh they're in our storage room because I will not put them out they will be put out one day I'm gonna pray that we have a son so that you don't fill our child's room with I'm only going to take my nice ones out. <laughs> but, uh, no, I, there were some things I liked about this movie. I liked that um, whenever, like, the haunting was about to take place, or that's what I'll call it, um, everything just got completely silent. Hell like, yeah. All of the sound stopped, and it made it... <sighs> a, a perfect example um, with a mo- to relate it to a movie that came out recently was A Quiet Place. Mm-hmm. How um, they use that lack. They use the, the lack of sound, and it really like got your anxiety going because it was like any sound would set off the creatures. It was kind of the same thing where you're kind of just like it gets silent, and you're like, "Don't make a fucking noise! Do not make a fucking noise!" <laughs> <laughs> um, so, dude, you know what scene fucking creeped me out too? Um, so when young Henry uh, discovers that Mary Shaw's like body is in her ba- his dad's basement, um, because you know he's a mortician. And then we get the reveal that she, like, wanted to be a doll. I was like, oh, fuck, man. When, like, she's coming at young Henry, I was like, dude. Oh, yeah, I remember that. That was creepy. Like, I, think I can only had really imagine. Good yeah, 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 definitely. I can only imagine seeing that as a kid and just fucking, like, I probably would have died of a heart attack. It did. Uh, some of the effects, though, it did, like, it did fall in that era of, like, when CGI was getting really big. And people so, really like, liked um, it. Yeah, there were scenes where, like, it was cg like, where it showed Mary Shaw's face, or, um, the, the part, I'm looking at the picture right now, because I have the IMDb pulled up, but when, um, Jamie's wife or fiancé, whatever she is, has her jaw ripped out, and it's, like, very obviously... It would be so easy yeah. to do that makeup. Exactly. I know. They definitely should have went with, with, like, just the normal Practical special effects. effects. Yeah. Um, but the Billy doll was creepy. It was, like, a very average, like doll but they did a good job of making it this creepy thing mm-hmm. i do want to get the replica i think trick-or-treat studios put it out trick-or-treat studios is the shit they, yeah they um, put out a lot of shit but i think also like the setting for this movie like how they the fucking theater that they had to take the boat out to and stuff like it, it was a really creepy atmosphere altogether, and you see it like it's falling apart and i and think that's where J- james wan does really well is he's really good at yeah and he was doing a lot of reds like dario gento you know for this movie mm-hmm. i feel like also i will say raven's fair i love the look of it and to me it reminds me of if you were driving into rosendale but imagine if rosendale was like really fucking run down like when you drive over that bridge Mm-hmm. So it's not. I, I get. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So like, I get. I get that vibe from it, and I'm just like, I, I fuck with the setting. Mm-hmm. I like the town of Ravens Fair. It looks cool. Yeah. No. It, it was a. I, I I guess we can get into ratings. I'm curious yeah. to hear what everybody says. What do you got, here? <clears throat> um. I I think. I think this movie's good. It's not, like, my top favorite movie or anything like that, but I think it's really good, especially in terms of, like, more modern horror. Uh, I think James Wan's really proved himself in general as a horror director. Um, 
especially I think coming away from the Saw franchise, I think that he was really able to kind of experiment with different things, and I think that was a good choice because he's put out like countless fucking box office hits mm-hmm. like The Conjuring was probably one of the biggest horror movies that's come out in years yeah. it got such high ratings well we praised the shit out of it when we covered yeah, it yeah The Conjuring is great uh, I think that and I think that he's one of the ones that um, imp- always improves like it's not he doesn't put out low quality um, even if it's not necessarily your favorite kind of horror it's good it's mm-hmm. really good and it's entertaining and it's scary you know and um, he is the perfect um, example of the movies you don't want to watch alone in the dark. Yeah. Um, like, they're fun with a group, and they're not super scary as a group, but the second you're home alone and you watch a movie, it's going to probably creep you out a bit. What I praise James Wan for is he does a good job of taking things that you wouldn't necessarily think would be creepy, and he makes them creepy. Mm-hmm. Like, um, perfect example is... Oops. Perfect example is with Insidious. Um, Darth Maul? Dir- no, yeah, he did direct Insidious. I'm just fact-checking myself here. But, like, um, Insidious, the ghosts that they have, or, like, whatever, the spirits, whatever they are that you want to call them, they're literally just normal people mm-hmm. that will just, like, walk out. Mm-hmm. And they'll just, they don't have, like, fucking crazy, gory makeup. They don't look creepy. See, and They're again, just people. It's, it's and the like, color and, and the use of cut lighting. And, and like, um, like, Insidious, the first one, if you, I, I do want to cover Insidious because I, I actually really enjoyed the first, the first movie. But, mm-hmm. um, he, like, the little girls that are, like, in the, like, there's little things that you catch mm-hmm. and it adds to the creepiness. Like, there's a part where the mom is walking around and there's, like, a little girl in the corner covering her face. But, it's not something that they focus on. Like, yeah. it's just the mom walking around, and she's, like, walking. And you, you can see it in the corner, and it's something that I actually didn't even catch until I watched the movie a few times. But there's, like, small things like that, and you see it, and you're like, fuck, that's kind of creepy. Mm-hmm. So, he does a good job of making things scary that you wouldn't necessarily say are terrifying. He's also very good at starting franchises and leaving them, and then they go to shit. Like, <laughs> Insidious, he did the first two. Three and four, he not needs, that what great. What he needs to do is work for smaller movie companies that aren't going to continuously expand on an idea that needs to be Saw, he did the first three. The rest, not that great. But, um, um, the Conjuring, I don't think he... I don't know if he did the second one. I didn't like the second one at all, but he didn't do Annabelle and wasn't a fan of Annabelle. He's not doing The Nun, and I don't have very high hopes for The Nun. Um, so my rating... That finally got um, a release date. Did it? The Nun finally got a release date, September 7th. I can't wait to not see it. The only horror movies I'm looking <laughs> I'm forward gonna to check right it now, out. <laughs> the only horror movies I'm looking forward to right now are Halloween and Three from Hell. Yeah. Alright, Sierra, your rating. My rating for this, I'm gonna give it a six point eight. Okay. Okay. What'd you got, Steven? I am coming in with a solid eight on this one. We got a music video. I am handing out some eights, man, because, like, of course they're not tens, but I fucking enjoy all three of these movies, so they're definitely going to be up in the eights. Um, We got a music video from Aiden from this. I thought Billy was, like, awesome looking. Mary Shaw had some definitely creepy moments, and it was a good idea, and now I guess discussing it, I could kind of see why it's best that there wasn't a sequel because that used to be better for years that it flopped in the theaters because i really enjoyed it and i was like fuck this is so good but 
Yeah, it would make sense because all of the Ashens are now dead. So mm-hmm. do you think why it's bring possible it? that it flopped in the theaters because people are like a phobia of dolls is huge. Like that's like it a big be. phobia. So I almost wonder if people were too afraid to go see it. I don't know because I feel like if you have a phobia of something, you're more likely to want to see it. Like, did you ever see those phobia episodes, Mari? Like, oh my god, the cotton ball <laughs> the cotton ball man. We were talking about it. We were fucking dying in the car last time yep. I came up to visit. Damn right. Those people did not want to see their phobias, okay? The but, cotton um, ball guy. <laughs> oh, um, shit. I'm going to come in with a 7.2. I, it, it's an above average movie for me. Um, it James Wan, like he always does, he kills it with the atmosphere. Um, there were some parts that took out, like I said, the CGI... Um, kind of took away from it a little bit but the story is interesting the uh <laughs> the story is interesting the plot's good um the like some of the techniques they use like for example the uh like i said the silence when something's about to happen steven you pointed out like the color with the reds like there's a lot of parts especially in the hotel room with the light yeah it really sets the tone perfectly so I'm gonna give it a seven point two. It's not the best. It's not the worst, but it's it's a movie that I could watch again multiple times and still enjoy it. So that gives it an average of seven point three. Okay. Solid. Yeah. So what we got going next week? Uh, next week. Do um, we even know what we got going because we're switching shit up, aren't we? Oh yeah. yeah that's right. Um. Steven, Erica wasn't able to make it tonight, and we were actually supposed to record with Larry tonight, but he wasn't able to make it either. Um, next week, I think it's just me, Sarah, John, and Becca, and we're going to be covering Intruder and Curtains, so two 80 slashers. And then the following week, an episode that I've been waiting for, The Mutilator, Sleepaway Camp. That's our hometown episode. And Prom Night. Hell yeah. I've only seen Prom Night once, and I vaguely remember it, so I can't wait to go back and revisit it. Um, We're actually going to go visit the site of the Mutilator before we record that episode. Yeah, because it was filmed right around Yeah, it's filmed 20 minutes from our house. Um, Awesome. Nevermore. I don't know if it's Nevermore. I forget who it was that let it. But um, the people who released. Nevermore Pictures released. The Barn 1031, but they just put out a release for this movie, The Sleeper, which, uh, it came out in, like, it went through, like, indie circuits and shit in 2012, but they finally are doing a releasing of it, and I jumped on it, I, I bought the Blu-ray for it, but, um... What's it about? It sounds like these, a very similar plot to, like, Black Christmas or House on Sorority Row, where it's, like, a killer that's stalking sorority girls in the sorority house. Cool. And it, they have, like, the the killer, like, making phone calls to the house and stuff. So, yeah. Um, Man, um, I love the barn, so if it, it's the same dude. The barn doing that. It's not the same people. Like, uh, Justin Seaman, who made the barn, he didn't make this movie, but he's helping produce it. Okay. Um, so, but it's um, it's different people, but it, it, it looks good. I, I have high hopes for it. So, um, yeah, we'll have to... Uh, cover that at some point too hell yeah you know how it is steven because i know you're a huge black christmas fan so definitely yeah so i could throw that on and try to check it out um we got our pre-order in i have to finish uh i have to finish curtains uh i 
you haven't finished it, so that way it could kind of follow along with the episode. Yeah, I, I think it looks good. I haven't checked it out before. And Intruder is one that I've been wanting to watch for the longest fucking time. Same. Because uh, it's made by, I think his name's Scott Spiegel. I always fuck the name up, but um, he's, he's good friends with uh, Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell. He made, like, all of their old movies before Evil Dead with them. Nice. They were friends in, like, high school and shit, so... Uh, it has all those guys in it. Yeah, they make cameos in it, but it, it has the same, like, goofy feel to it that, like, Evil Dead does, so... I'm really excited to check that out, and I've been wanting to watch Mutilator for the longest time, and... I think since we found out, like, since we moved here, <laughs> yeah. we were like, oh, a horror movie slasher based on the beach by our house? Let's yeah, yeah. We're kicking off summer, right? Again? Yeah. That's, yeah. Good slashers. I'm not ready for summer. It's going to be so hot. It's already here. Oh, the yeah. humidity up here is... Uh, New York has been shitty. Homeboy... 90 degrees, 100% humidity. Oh my gosh, miserable. Never mind. It's only June. Wait till August. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) August here's like 110 degrees, 100% humidity. Like, I can't even take the kids in my class outside. We're going to come up in August and I'm probably going to be wearing a jacket. (laughs) Yeah, I think I actually might request that week, the whole week off, to be honest. Um, That'd be fucking cool because, uh, like,. Every time we come up for a long period of time, we, like, make plans to come up for... We're coming up for a long time this time, We're coming up for, like, yeah. Eight days or something? Yeah. We always make plans to come up for these long days and... Or these long weeks, and whenever we do, everybody's working, and we kind of just sit at my mom's house and do nothing. Yeah, dude, I've got a bunch of fucking personal time off, like, literally just sitting there, so it's just, like, I want to fucking use it. I just... Whether we go to Monster Mania or not, I mean, like I said, I really... I'm trying to get tickets early, but let me tell you, dude, it was a total fucking bust this year. And the, I don't the, know. I, I, from looking at the guest list, there's really not anybody there that I'm dying to meet. But I'm gonna. I've been keeping an eye on it. So I think it just comes down to me just wanting to fucking Blu-ray shop like a madman, and like all the vendors that'll be there. You know, all yeah. of the ones that we well, go to, what... all the ones that we've gone to, like there's like a couple indie film, like there, uh, the people that did um, the Barn in 1031 were there. We had uh, Wages of Sin that were there selling their movies. But other than that, there really wasn't a ton of people selling, like... Day of the Dead, there wasn't... I there feel was like a there lot was a of lot people more selling, in... like, VHSs and shit. Really? Like, Mad, Mad Monster had, it like, probably twice as many vendors as Day of the Dead. Yeah, did. and their their area, their space was half the size. Yeah. So it was, like, <laughs> it was, like, the venue for Days of the Dead was so much nicer, and you could breathe, and you could get around, and you weren't, like, on top of people... But Mad Monster had so much more going on, you know. And then, like, Days of the Dead, they canceled half of the movies for the movie festival because they hired a band and the band was too loud. Oh, no, I was so bummed out. They did not consider at all the, like, sound sound barrier. Days of the Dead, uh, we had gone, uh, me and Roy, who had uh, come from Minnesota. You would fucking love Roy. Um, We had gone, we were going to check out, because they were playing Jason Lives. And they had Tom McLaughlin, who was the director there, and, like, Tom Matthews, and, like, half the cast of the movie was there. So, um, they they were going to play the movie, and we had gotten there, and they ended up canceling. They were going to do that, and then at midnight, they were going to do Dream Warriors, because the entire cast of Dream Warriors was there. Oh, that would have been so sick. But, uh, they ended up canceling both, and I was really bummed out, because... They didn't. They said they were going to be a like mystery movies that they were playing. They didn't say what they were going to be. Mm-hmm. So we had gone, and there was maybe like five other people in the room, 
and then like Tom McLaughlin was there, and they were like, "Yeah, we're canceling the the showing," and he looked so fucking bummed out. Like, so he, they canceled it because of a band playing next door. Yeah, they had well, a band no, playing they, live. They, and it you was couldn't... for the convention. What it was like some like casket creatures and and Enzig. Yeah, so they were like Danzig Elvis cover band. Yeah, <laughs> as much as I love as much as I love horror punk, that's bullshit. But, yeah, so they were playing right next door, so you couldn't hear the movie over the band playing, so they're like, yeah, we're going to cancel it. And Tom McLaughlin looked so fucking bummed they, out. What they should have done is set the band up in the venue, like, where the vendors were set up, like, mm-hmm. made space there that way, because that, then that, there would have been three fucking ballrooms between yeah. where the movies were playing. That way, Bad like, planning. There was, like, even when we went to the Sid Haig, Bill Mosley fucking Q&A, there was, they were playing mu- movies so loud that you couldn't hear Bill Mosley or Sid Haig talk half the time. Yeah. Mm. So, but but it's out. the first one they've ever done there, so it's like there's obviously They were experimenting be, and stuff, exactly, yeah. Exactly, they yeah, were trying true. to figure it out. But um, we'll keep an eye out on the um, Monster Mania schedule. Uh, if you want to follow along with us, you can do so on Instagram and Facebook at Horror Haven Podcast. Um, or you can call our home phone number at. <laughs> you can follow us at Twitter at horror underscore haven. Um, find us on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, whatever. Leave us a review. Um, tell give us, us a rating. Tell us, tell us you hate us. Ooh, whatever. give us creepy baby name suggestions. <laughs> that would be- listen. If it's a boy, you guys know what you got to do. All right. What do we got to do? Tommy Jarvis. Exactly. There's that's what like, that's what Larry's saying. Everybody too. keeps saying and Tommy. I that's back right. That. I fully back that. I wanted to name it Sawyer after the after, you know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. The Sawyers. Erica texted yeah. me the other Don't day and was like, "You should name down. him Gunner." And I was like, "For some reason, when I hear Gunner, I think of a dog." So yeah, see, like I would love <laughs> to name it after Gunner Hansen, but like I, and it's like I know a kid named Gunner, and he's a really sweet kid, but it's like I know a kid named Gunner. So yeah, yeah. But yeah, have a good night, guys. Later. Do you well.